guys. Welcome back to Fill My Cup podcast. Thanks so much for listening in. I hope that this episode is a blessing to you and just really speaks so much encouragement into your life about finding your identity in Jesus and who he says that you are and not in the things that you do because ultimately the things that you do, if they're taken from you, you're then left with this gap of who am I and what was I made for. And I have a guest on today. His name is Gato, and he can introduce himself if you want to say hi. Hello. Thank you for for having me. Yes, and thank you for being here. And he just has an amazing testimony and an amazing story about that, really, about finding his identity in the Lord and not in what he does as a soccer player. And so I would love if you would just share your story. For sure. Um... Once again, thank you. Thank you for having me. But my, my story when it comes to faith really played a big role when I came to school. You know, it wasn't really when I was living in Mexico playing soccer and and just, you know, perf- per, uh, pursuing a professional career over there. It's more when I came back and I went through a lot of hardships, a lot of injuries that obviously weren't expected. And I call them unexpected blessings. I'm actually mm-hmm. writing a book right now on on what you can do with all these hardships that really play a a big role in your life you know and you can go both ways you can you can take it the hard way and why me and why am I going through all these things or you can really say thank you God for for choosing this path for me and and taking the best out of it so you grew up playing soccer right correct yeah I, I play I'm from Miami I played um just you know pick up youth, youth yeah. soccer till the age I was nine I was playing in three different leagues I was playing indoor soccer I was playing um outdoor soccer and you know different kind of soccer growing up mm-hmm. eventually i get scouted by a by a team in mexico um back back in the days 10 12 years ago mls wasn't a big thing here like it's growing now which is the professional soccer down here so i had to move to mexico and really prolong my my athletic um career and you know push it push it forward mm-hmm. so i did that for probably around a decade before i came back to to the states to pursue my my academic and my and my master's now. Gotcha. Okay, so you started out by saying that you went through some hard things that you recognize now as unexpected blessings. What were some of those hardships that you went through and how did you turn to God through them? So junior year of my undergrad, which would be three years ago, um, in a preseason game, um, I got into a, into a normal foul, but turns out my LCO was torn, which is the lateral collateral ligament on my right knee. Um, Obviously, it was a huge impact in the moment. I, I didn't know what to do. You know, soccer had been my, my whole identity, if you will. And I don't know where it's just like, you know, you have to forget for it for, for a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. you have to recover. You have to go into surgery. So I go into surgery. Um, it's, it's never fun, that's for sure. Um, after almost two months of, of starting the PT, re- the recovery process, um, the womb gets infected. Right? So I have to go into another surgery. Which that lead to like starting the whole process again. So after two months, I had an IV plugged in my left arm. I had to plug it in every single morning. It was, it was tough, man. I couldn't work out. I couldn't like do exercise. I couldn't sweat just in case. So it was a lot of uh, two months that of like thinking, you know, like what's going on, you know. And I always knew about God. My parents always took me to church, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't really my identity. You know, it was more like. Let's go to church more like I need to go to church, you know, like a lot of the population does. You know? Yeah, like something to do. Your family course, goes you know, to church. Like a so Sunday you go to church. Routine, if you will. Yes. My parents both really believe in God and, you know, and follow the faith. And I didn't at the time. Mm. 
Then came around that, you know, six months later, I was still battling with me coming to the field, you know, wanting to play this and that. And one of the screws that they had put in popped. So I had to go for a third surgery. And that's when, like, life just hit me, you know, in a way that what's life? You know, I don't have a purpose. Mm. I don't have a vision. What's next? Um, yeah, and it was just I was laying in bed one day and I, you know, I completely just thought to myself, let's let's try to experience this you know i have nothing else at the time it was just so black you know i had no no tunnel vision if you will i never saw the, the light mm -hmm. at the end of the tunnel it was just kept falling and falling and falling and that's kind of where i just decided to to pursue a life with faith if you will and mm -hmm. you know fca was a big community on campus i used to go all the time and same thing just to sit down and, and listen and just be in there, never really followed it. And Haley actually was the one that, you know, introduced me to Victory. And, you know, eventually as time went by, I started to meet the pastors. You know, I know Donnie really well. I've brought him to, to FCA to talk, you know, Eli too. And it transformed my life completely, you mm -hmm. know. And what I, what I recommend to everyone is just it's not a one-day thing. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, you know, faith, let me pray and I'll be fine the next day. It's, it's been a long journey you know patience and really understanding that it's it takes time it yeah takes time and turn turn around after the three surgeries a year later i play my first game again you know after the surgeons told me like you know completely forget about soccer like you've been through a lot you know like you don't want to risk anything i said no to that you know because my identity was soccer you know that's all i mm. wanted to do come back i play for a year and this past spring well i graduated last may and then at FAU, they, they allowed me to do my MBA for another two years and, and play two more seasons with them. And spring of this year, around March, I get into a slight tackle in a game and they broke my ankle. They completely broke my ankle. Like Again? Was, no, this was 10 times worse. Oh, my gosh. They can't see it on camera. But, yeah. guys, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you're listening, you can't see it either. But, yeah. wow. Um, so, yeah, now it's, like, back to score zero and... But now it's different, you know. Now I know what God is, and I know mm. what believing in God and walking by faith is. And you know, I'm I'm laying on the field, and I just see my ankle facing the other way, and like, what's going on? I'm in shock. And then it's like, all the flashbacks came again, you know, because a, a ligament is not the same as both. You know? Oh my goodness! The pain is the same. It's it's yeah. terrible. But so I'm laying in, I'm laying in, in the grass, and I'm just looking up at the sky. Obviously, my ankle's looking the other way, and all my teammates, the coaches. It's just I have, like, 30 faces looking at me. Some of the guys, like, blocking me from looking at my ankle. And I was just praying, mm. you know. And something, it came more like a so weird way to, to put it, but it's kind of, I just, like, understood that that's kind of what I had to do. You know, go through that again and, and really take it. Mm. So I'm looking at the sky, and I'm just, my first reaction was, why do I have to go through all these things again, you know? And you know, eventually I get to the hospital. They, they put me on morphine and all that fun stuff. And it's just awful, man. I can't see. I, 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 everything's just starting to come again, you know. And it turns out that um, in the hospitals when you get, like, um, emergency surgery, I don't know if it's in every hospital, but there's always this lady praying for, for the patients, you know. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first thing I was saying once I was in the hospital, before calling my family, before any, because it was my mother's birthday, too. And I kept telling the doctor, I need that lady that comes and prays for, for people. I don't care about it. I thought they were going to amputate my leg when it happened, you know. And I call her over, and 
she comes, she looks at my ankle. She, I remember her face. It wasn't, it wasn't the nicest. Um, <laughs> she asked me like, "Oh, what do you need?" I'm like, "Just, just pray for me and repeat the verse, um, Luke one thirty-seven. Just repeat it. Just repeat it. Uh, meaning, um, anything is possible. Something, something. Anything. Anything is possible. possible with those who believe. Something like that. Okay. Something so like, like that. Something. Like believe that. in God. There you go. <laughs> um, she just kept repeating it to me. Mind you, my ankle's still out of place. They haven't put it back in. And it just, everything is like, okay, from that moment, what I do for the next year mm. can really dictate where I end up in my future, you know, because I still, I'm still halfway through my MBA. I still have a lot going on for me, and soccer was completely out of the picture at this point. It was more like life, you know, I want to be able to run, I want to have a healthy life, and I remember the doctor came in, he's like, hey, buddy, it's not going to be a nice feeling, but I have to put your ankle back into place. And this is what, this is what, after the drugs, like, we're out. So, like, I'm feeling everything again. My oh, ankles. my gosh. And I was like, do it. You know, like, I need, I need it done. And I remember him just holding it, you know, putting it back to place. But I was there for four days, you know, just laying there before I got surgery because it was too swollen and they needed to wait for, for the swelling to, to, to wear down a little bit. So many people came. Um, you know, there's people in the lobby trying to come see me and they couldn't allow people to come there's just so many individuals that even i didn't even know that were there mm. wanting to see me and the amount of messages and calls and everything i got so i'm you know i'm, I'm truly blessed to have a lot of people around me that you know that, that that love me and that really um appreciate what i've done for them and what they do for me um but long story short there was also a sweet mate you know in the in the same hospital and the guy was actually getting open heart surgery you know and he was pretty old and i remember his wife walked in and they started talking about what's afterlife you know and i'm sitting there i'm like kind of don't want to listen to this you know this is really private they start going out they start talking about like what god did to them in their life mm. you know and i think it was 50 years they were married and everything that they went through and then god was always first and this and that so i kind of just couldn't move so i had to, i had to stay there and listen to it you know, i couldn't even put in earphones and it kind of gave me that sense again that you know god is always there god, mm. god is the first thing to always rely on and you know that's how it was the pain is i can't describe it you know i have to go back into surgery in two weeks to to get all the hardware removed and they have to mm. fix some tendons that are still messed up but you know i had nine 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 screws in there a plate wasn't easy hasn't wow. been easy um it's really hard but you know on the flip side i'm graduating now with my mba at I've kept myself busy. I've kept myself really understanding that what's my vision in life, what's my purpose behind everything, and mm. at the end of the day, is to serve God, you know. And it's it's been a blessing. Like I said, unexpected blessings that no one wants to go through all these mm -hmm. things, you know. And I wish that my college career would have been different. I wish I was playing professional soccer, but you know, sometimes the life doesn't give you what you want, but you know what you need. And so good. Yeah, that's, that's basically where I'm at now. Yeah, did you ever ask God the question, like, why God, like, why me and why again? Or how did you navigate this whole change that happened again and again and again? Did you ever have your faith shaken? As soon as it happened. As soon as it happened, I, I, I felt my bone crack, and that's my first reaction. Obviously, it, it's just a shock. You know, you go into shock, and you look up, and why? You know, why do I have to go through all these pain again? Why do I have to put all my family to, you know, 
to see me recover and to see me go through all this pain. Because at the end of the day, it affects me a lot, but it affects my family, you know, that that they come and see me in the hospital. And I'd rather it be me than mm -hmm. my family, that's for sure. But I don't like the aspect of having to go through all this stuff and back again, back again. But definitely I've, I've overcome all of them in the same way. And God is just on top of everything. And you you've know? just learned to trust that he's good even through it. And even though it looks different than maybe what you would have chosen, you would have chosen to play professional soccer. But God is still good and he's still faithful to redirect us to his plans and his will against what we even think is what's best for us. And I think through that, it brought you closer to Jesus, it sounds. It made you reach out for him and cry out to him. And so how has your faith grown from just growing up in church with your family to now having to choose it for yourself? It gave me a purpose, for sure. You know, it gave me a purpose. It gave me where I want to be. It gave me tranquility, if, that, if that's how you put it. It gives me a, a sense that I know um, that he's always with me, and I know that so what I, what I always say is I take day by day. That's how I live my life, mm -hmm. one day at a time. You know, and, and when I pray in the morning, that's the first thing I say. You know, thank you for another day. Let me control what I can control. Mm -hmm. You know, make the best out of it. You know, I'm trying to be the best version of myself and everything and whatever I can control. And obviously, you know, I pray for those things. Yeah. You know, and it's just become my, my lifestyle. It's just become a lifestyle more than what he's done in my life. It's just become who I am and what I can contribute to the world. and. Because people need to understand what God does to, to individuals. And, you know, being, we live in such a crazy world. Man. And, yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of things that go on. And so it's hard. It's even harder now to get people to believe in God and, mm -hmm. and walk by faith. And I think back in the days, in my opinion, there's so much people just lost. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect whatsoever, but I know where my identity lies now. Yeah. You know? And would you say that at this point, God is first in your life? Your yeah, first priority? Everything I do, everything I envision, everything I want to do, you know, God is in front. Mm -hmm. And that's no question about it. Like, I don't, it doesn't go through my, it doesn't go through my, my thought of process. It's already like ingrained. It's just like, in oh, me. of course. Like, you of know? course I'm putting God first in my course. life. Of course I'm living for Jesus. Anything I want to do or accomplish, God is always first. Yeah. And so what could be some practical things you could say that help people to put God first? Like when you were navigating this hardship you went through multiple times how did you put god first was it reading your bible daily getting involved in church what are some ways that you reestablish your identity as a son of god rather than a soccer player so backtrack a little bit to um, when i first moved to mexico i was basically on my own you know my parents moved to mexico eventually but i was in a different city from them so i wouldn't see them often so being on my own for so long truly um when god comes into my life it was more of a relationship that i acquired you know that i can always depend on someone regarding the circumstance regarding the situation and my thought was i i i had to go through this really tough time in my life in order to really understand what god does in people's mm. lives you know and and you know i used to hear all these testimonies about what god does in people's lives and this and that but until i actually lived it that's why it's so easy for me to talk about it and really get my point across onto what God did for me and what he can do for anyone. Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like I said, it takes patience. You know, it's not that, okay, I'm going to rely on God because this is going on in my life and in two days you don't see anything happen. Then uh, let me go back to my old ways. You know, it's yeah. a long process of understanding that, like anything in life, 
like mm. anything in life. The process, it's a learning experience and, you know, faith can go both ways. And that's not because you believe in God, it's going to go great all the time. Yeah. This happened, I wasn't expecting it. It's probably the hardest thing I've had to go through. But I go in knowing that God is taking care of it and just continuing to allow me to, to ju just do what I can do best at the moment. Mm -hmm. you know? Was it always an upward trajectory? Like, was it always, so first it's why God, why did this happen to me? And it was hard, but then you started to grow in your faith. Were there moments you kept coming back to getting down to rock bottom or feeling discouraged again and then having joy and then discouraged again and then finding joy? Or was it just straight trajectory of knowing, you know what, God, I trust you. Everything's okay. I'm fine. Um, I think it was more of a understanding that's a process. It's going to be ups and downs no yeah. matter what, you know, and. If it's a bad day, it's a bad day. If it's a great day, it's a great day. You still pray if it's a bad day. You still pray if it's a mm -hmm. great day. You know, you understand that it's life. You yeah. Know, it's life with faith or without faith. Life, you know, hits you different ways and gives you great moments too. Yeah. And following God isn't based off of our feelings. Like we're not choosing to pray or choosing to draw near to God just when things are going good. We're following God regardless of our circumstance and regardless of our feelings. And it seems like in the moment of everything that you went through, you had to actively choose joy some days because there's going to be times when we don't feel it. Like you went through something really hard. I've been through hard things in my life, too. And when you're going through something hard, you can't just live in a place of being at rock bottom because there's no joy in that. And so sometimes you have to come back to remembering the goodness of God and remembering moments he's been with you in your life, recalling things in your past to choose joy that day. Like, God, today this really hurt. I had this injury. I can't do soccer. I can't do the things that I love to do. But what are some things I'm grateful for today? You know, I'm grateful that the sun is shining and I can I can go sit outside and I can go feel the warmth of the day. I'm grateful that I have family that surrounds me and that loves me. I'm grateful for doctors that are helping me to restore my health day by day. Like, did you have to come back and constantly remind yourself to have gratitude and to choose joy? So speaking about gratitude, that's the, that's the one song I listen to every morning. It just became a lifestyle. You know, mm -hmm. I wake up, do the same routine because it's, it's giving me success. You know, in, in my personal life, you know, not in the any any other aspect, just my personal life, how I feel and just waking up, putting the song and, you know, repeating the words and really understanding that it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, God does come into life and that he does change and he does have a plan. You know, he has a plan for me regardless of what I what I want for my life, you know. And but one thing I do pray is that whatever I can control that day, that moment to control to the best of my abilities, knowing that he's going to cover or whatever I need or whatever he wants for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's become more of a lifestyle more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get to a place of fully giving control to God for your life? Like, I know that was a rock bottom moment of having your injury. But when we say things like, oh, God's in control and God has a plan. What does that like mean to you? How do you just fully relinquish control of your life to Jesus? Um. So obviously the, the three surgeries back to back. There was no more rock bottom for me. There was like looking up to the sky and you know God, if you exist, really change my life. Yeah. I'm not praying for anything, but just give me health, give me a path, give me a purpose, and allow me to to move forward in life, knowing that you do exist and you do change people's lives, and that's basically what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, I came back to the field. I played my, my two years. I ended up pursuing my academics, getting my MBA. You know, now this happened. That, that's a different story. But, you know, he did it for me once. He'll do it for the rest of my life. 
Mm. Yeah, it's so true. And what's interesting about your story is that I don't know you before your injuries and everything. And I'm not saying you're a prideful person. Like, I'm sure you're a great guy. But I wonder if somewhere through that process and in that moment, there's this humility of Jesus that brings us back to our humanness, that brings us back to God is sovereign and God is always in control. That when we're like, life can be going so good and we can have everything set up for us. But it's that idea that if everything got taken from us, we still have Jesus and we can still turn to God because he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And our identity is rooted in him and not in our things. Not that like playing soccer is a bad thing. It's an amazing thing. It's something you worked hard at. And if you're not playing soccer, you still have purpose and you still have value. If I'm not doing a podcast, I still have purpose and I still have value. For whatever it is that we're doing, we still have purpose and value because we're made in God's image. And in your story, it just seems like giving control over to God wasn't exactly hard for you because there was nowhere else to turn to. Nowhere else to turn to, correct. Yeah, and ever since that happened, you know, I go to the field and the first thing I do, I people put their headphones on and they wonder what people listen to before games. You see mm-hmm. it on TVs and they're just bumping their heads and I play worship music. You know, I play worship music, I calm down, I relax, and I truly play the sport for him, knowing that he gave me the talent. Well, not anymore. I am retired now, moving into the into the corporate world, yeah. which I already started four months ago. But it's that. It's that understanding that he gave me the talent. He provided me mm. with the path that I'm going through. So really sinking into that, you know, and also having the community at, F- uh, at FAU, the FCA community. And it's not just me saying these things. You know, every single athlete sees it in a different way, in a different, in a really, in a similar way, sorry. And it's great to be also surrounded with people that, you know, move that same way, mm. have that same Like following purpose, God? Of course. Yeah. And so for people that are watching, you've mentioned FCA, and that's your community and people that have helped run alongside you in your faith journey. Just for some people that don't know what that is, can you talk a little bit about FCA? Sure. Um, so when you first go to college, obviously for a lot of people, for most of the people, it's the first time they leave home. Mm-hmm. You know, in my case, it was a bit different. I left when I was nine. Um but it's kind of a community, which is called, FCA stands for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Okay. And it's kind of just a community to get together. You know, some someone, some of the athletes or one of the athletes will talk briefly about the Bible, briefly about the gospel. And, you know, eventually you branch out and you have some activities, some games to have fun. But it's more just to stay in a community. Okay. Um, being a Division One athlete, there's a lot that goes on. You know, I went through my through my whole story with the injuries and you know, you have the academic side, you know, people, yeah. people struggle, a lot of individuals struggle with mental health, you know, God came into my life. So that's where I rely on my mental health and all those mm-hmm. issues that, you know, personally, I've, I've probably went through, but relying on God has, you know, got me out of all those things. Mental health is a huge factor academically, you know, having cameras on you at all time and really having to perform under pressure. So it's a community more just to like relax, you know, and, and you know, clear your head from everything that's going on, you know, for an hour. And so when I started going, uh, it was probably around four years ago. It was probably about six, seven athletes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Small little room. We would just pray for a little bit, talk about the gospel, and and just, you know, enjoy our time together. And we did that for maybe two, three years. And this past semester, um, for some of us that were obviously with the, the seventh starting, eight, ten, 
it was our, it's our last year, you know. So we truly wanted to be like, okay, it's our last year. Let's try to find a way to get more athletes to come that eventually can take over FCN and it just yeah. doesn't disappear. And that's how it was. I mean, the first the first um, FCA meeting this semester, we probably had around close to 100 people. Wow. Show up. Wow. You know, a bunch of athletes. And, you know, it's been like that throughout the semester. Obviously, you know, teams start playing. So some of the guys started traveling. Uh, they have tests. And, you know, it, 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 it's based off the schedule. We try to meet one day out of the week, every single day, every single same time, sorry. And, yeah, and basically... It's been great. You know, it's been yeah, great. it's just a community of other athletes Correct. that are putting God first, and so you have some community to do life with. Because I, I just know from personal experience, typically the sports industry aren't always following after Jesus, and sometimes it's a bit of a, it can be, not always, but it can be like a bit of a vulgar environment with of some of the guys and the locker room talk and stuff that goes yeah. on. It's very real. Uh, and so we need a light. We need guys who are following Jesus and women too in the sports world, but just speaking to you, having guys that are impacting that sports environment, telling people on their team about Jesus, being the light of Christ, having joy through an injury, having trust in God through a hardship, like that's rare. That's countercultural. And so people are looking at your life. These other guys that were on the team would be looking at your life to see, oh, Gato's a Christian. How is he handling what he's going through. Where's God? Like, what's going on? How is he going to handle this? Is he going to be fine? Or is he going to go down depression? Or is he going to start turning to drugs and alcohol and partying and women because it's filling this void of purpose? But you turned to Jesus and you still had this peace and this trust that God was still good, even though your circumstance wasn't. For sure. You know, for sure. I'm not perfect either. Yeah. I still say it. I still, I'm not perfect whatsoever, but more than being able to express what God has done into my life, I let it just play out. Yeah. You know, it truly, like I said, it's a long run. And the last two, three years, I've been able to put God first in everything I do. And, you know, people do see it. They reflect it. I've had yeah. so many people come up to me and, and ask me the question, like, how is it so easy to just believe in something, you know? And and it's just because it impacted me. It helped me. and. And it can help you the same mm-hmm. way, you know. I've I've brought so many people to church, and it's not me inviting them; it's them asking me, like, you know, bring me to church. Some of them still go, some don't go. You know, at the end of the day, it's I experienced the hitting rock bottom. Yeah. You know, and our generation, I do think it's really hard to get someone to believe in God just because. You know, I do think people have to experience some kind of hardship in life in order mm-hmm. to really understand who God is. Because, and I say from, from I'm, you know, I'm a living proof of it. You know, I really had to go through a lot of dark moments to open my eyes and, you know, walk straight and be like, okay, this is what I need to do. And I do think people have to experience some kind of hardship. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying no injury or, or something, but something that really impacts their life in the moment. Yeah. That they're like, okay, let's try it out. Because if that doesn't happen, I truly, genuinely believe it's not as easy to just mm-hmm. lean into faith like that. No, I think that's true. And I also think that scripture says that God is near to the brokenhearted and contrite in spirit. So he's near to you when you're at your lowest, when you feel farthest from him, he's actually drawing even closer to you. And I I think that's true. I think we're called to go out and make disciples and preach the gospel and evangelize and share our faith. And ultimately, we don't save people. God saves people and he steps in. But 
I do think that people will have their own encounter with God through that, that we can do our part to tell them. We could do our part to be the light of the world. As scripture tells us that we don't light the lamp and put it under a bowl in the stand, but instead we put it out and let the world see our good deeds. So they glorify our father in heaven. And it, it talks about that. I think that's Matthew five, but regardless, we can do our part to be the light of the world. We could do our part to tell people about the Lord, but ultimately God's going to encounter people in that. Like, we plant the seeds and he waters it. And so I think you're exactly right when you say that, for sure. For sure. For sure. And especially being an athlete, man. There's, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that not a lot of people can, I'm not going to say relate, but can't, they just don't understand. Yeah. You know, and putting him first and understanding that all the stuff we go through in, in life in general, having God in front makes it, makes it easier. Yeah. You know, makes it easier for sure because now you go into the field knowing that there's no pressure, you know. God put you there because you're good enough to play a sport at Division One uh, level. Um, in my case, growing up playing for, for the best team in Mexico, being American, um, all the now I see those flashbacks. At the mm-hmm. moment, I didn't. You know, I was an American kid playing for the best team in Mexico, the only American in the team, in the, the club as a whole. And eventually, I played a tournament with Mexico in Spain. You know, it was a it was a big transformation on my identity coming from Miami, Florida, moving to Mexico City, a third world country where things are not you know as simple that they are here. I'm not saying life is easy here or whatsoever, but you know, moving to a different culture, different language, I needed to adapt yeah. really young, and I needed to I don't know how to say it in English, but basically like to eat dust in a way. You know, understand that it's not the life you left behind and mm. really sinking in and moving forward and knowing that you're going to have to adapt if that's what you want in life and you have to, and I ended up liking it. Mm-hmm. You know, now I come back and, and I have that culture, multi-culture dimension that I'm thankful to God that he allowed me to live those moments because obviously growing up there was really tough too. Yeah. You know, being the only American kid, they used to call me all kinds of stuff. Mm. Um and I took it, you know, I took it and and it's just impacted my life. Now that I that I walk by faith, I, I look at those flashbacks and it gives me that extra push to understand that everything I went through in the past too, even though I wasn't really walking by faith because I was more focused on my career and that's mm-hmm. all I cared about, soccer, soccer, soccer. Now I use those as fuel when I whenever I need it. You know, I use all those moments that I lived in the past and understand that it's going to keep pushing forward and life is going to keep going and I don't look back. You know, I just keep moving forward. Yeah. Wow. And I think that's super inspiring for people that are either athletes listening to this or anything we're doing, finding our identity and who we are and what we do. But you said that soccer is the biggest part of your life. And so now that you've had this injury, I take it soccer is not in your future anymore, unfortunately. But is there a way that you think soccer is going to be incorporated in other ways, maybe coaching soccer to young kids or some way that you think God will blend soccer into your life? Or do you think that all the injuries have made it clear that God is actually transitioning you to other things and soccer is just something from the past? I see soccer as my foundation, as my solid foundation where I was able to acquire all these values, all these traits that I can bring to the table in anything I do. You know, definitely learning two languages. I came from playing soccer. You know, leadership skills, discipline, you name you name it. Mm-hmm. Everything I've lived with soccer 
has put me in that position. You know, so yes, I might be moving on from soccer. At, you know, for the last 15 years, I've been playing at the highest level possible, and it's engraved in me at this point. But then I moved to a different world where I bring all those values, where I bring that mm. foundation that soccer gave me to move into, into whatever I end up doing. You know, right now I've been interning at a, at a private wealth management firm in Fort Lauderdale where the managing partner actually played soccer in college 30 years ago. So he understands um, my schedule and uh, he's so flexible about it. You know, it's God's taking care of it. You know, that's all I can say. I was looking for the big banks, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and they all had the same outcome that, you know, you need to be here full time. Mm. You, you have to really be here and I, I can't, you know, I have soccer, I have school, I have a life. I can't just go in and leave everything behind, you know. And this guy really understood. His name's Jeff. He really understood what it is to go based off my schedule. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much in the industry and, and I like it a lot. You know, I think that's what I'm going to transition to once I graduate. But that's the most important thing. The foundation I was able to build off soccer moving forward, it has helped me in the finance aspect. I have my, uh, my young little experience so far. Bringing all those traits, knowing that if you don't know something, you find out how to find. You know, you find out how to do it. Mm-hmm. It, it become more of a becoming a deliverer. You know, in in anything I do, I, you know, I put my mind to it and I find a way to do it. And it's all that foundation that I've built throughout the last fifteen years. Yeah, so good because I think that it really is having those foundational things: the the discipline, the hard work getting there on time, showing up and doing your best, putting your best foot forward and time management, all of these things that we we kind of build from our past experiences and especially in sports, that they don't just go away. It's not like, oh, I played soccer and now it's part of my past and now I don't, what was the point in that? Like there was an amazing point in that. There's so many values and skills that you've taken away that you're still applying and you'll continue applying all through your future. The big value that you took away is excellence. And that reminds me of the verse in Daniel where it talks about how Daniel was set aside, that he did things in excellence. And I want to read it. It's Daniel 6.3, and it says, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And additionally, in Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And so all of these foundational things of working hard, showing up like we talked about, clearly it's a biblical principle to do things in excellence and work hard as if you're working for God, whatever you do. So it changed your circumstance. It changed from soccer, but now it's in the business world. And we need hardworking men in the business world. So, wow, I think your, your story is an encouragement for so many people that are listening and I just thank you for sharing it. Do you think you have any last takeaway or anything else you'd want to share with people that might be listening? Just obviously thank you for having me and it's tough to talk about these things, you know, yeah. unless you really go through something that you need to rely in faith. It's not as easy to to just talk about it. So that's it. Just encouraging anyone that's listening that doesn't really believe in God or follow mm-hmm. God that you don't have to go through a hardship in life to to really rely on, on what he can do. Um, like it happened to me, you know, I had to go through not one, not two, but a lot of hardships, and eventually, I, you know, I decided to walk by faith, and it's just changed my life completely. So that's that's what I would recommend for for people listening to the to the podcast. So good, thank you so much, and guys, 
Thank you for listening in and just spending your Monday morning with us or whatever day you're listening in. We're just grateful to get to speak value and encouragement into your life. If anything that he had spoken about really touched you or related with you, you can feel free to reach out to him. We have his Instagram that's going to be posted on the screen if you want to just say that out loud. Um, yeah, so it's Edgardo Obregón underscore. And for people that don't understand Spanish as much, Edgardo Obregón. <laughs> That's why it was easier just to type it out. There you go. You can see it it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. But for mine, my personal one is at Tristan.Tice. And so you could find me there. You could always reach out. I would love to just do life closely with you. I know we're listening and watching this through a screen, but I would love to get to know you. So please reach out and just talk to me because I am approachable and I would love to get to know you and hear your stories as well or ways that this impacted you. And additionally, you can go to at fillmycup.podcast on Instagram and you can follow along there. We post short clips of things from the episodes and so we would love to connect with you there as well. Thank you so much. We'll be praying for you and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.